I did? He couldn't handle me. And I choose to keep him protected. Oh, so I creep. Yeah, just creeping on. But I'll know. Except nobody's supposed to know. So I creep. Because he don't know what I do. And no attention goes to show. Oh, so I creep. Yeah, just creeping. But I'll know. Except nobody is supposed to know. So I creep, yeah. Because he doesn't know what I do. And no attention goes to show. So I creep. <laughs> as he holds a glass of wine. As, yeah, as, as I raise a glass of red wine. Too perfect. There you go. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the Continue Podcast, everybody. This is episode 47. That is TLC's Creep. Uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, RIP forever. <laughs> I, I couldn't keep it going. I failed. Uh, my name is Anthony John Agnello. This is a podcast ostensibly about video games and the things that we and you love. And with me today are the people who are making this happen every single time. Uh, we have Susan Arndt. I have a Grizzly Adams action figure. Is it new? No. <laughs> no, it's just like a proper original. Yeah. Like real Grizzly Adams. Not, not like a like a Urban Outfitters no, 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 Grizzly no. Adams action figure. This is a like nineteen seventy five circa nice. Grizzly nice. Adams with axe. Nice. Nice. I love I love that Grizzly Adams beard. It's like I, I like when I look at it now, I get angrier about the way that male fashion has substantiated here at the end of the tens in this decade. The, like, tech bro born, short on the sides, long on top, giant sculpted oh, beard. It drives yeah. me out of my fucking mind every single time. I see some douchebag ostensibly my age. He's wearing the flannel shirt that doesn't have the tails to tuck in because he, he bought it from some fucking mail order shirt place he heard an ad for on a podcast next to Harry's Razors. <laughs> and then I think to myself, you don't have a Grizzly Adams beard and look guy you're not no did i go Anthony's too far angry season? at manscaping i, I am under... i i also have an angie dickinson as policewoman action figure nice <laughs> <laughs> see no there's nothing there's i don't okay. i don't get i don't get angry at, at ladies fashion today i think angie <laughs> dickinson has a timeless look that is actually true yeah, that's that that's is, a timeless that's, that's a timeless look no I, uh, I i shouldn't say i have so my my husband um when he when he travels places, he often goes to thrift shops or curiosity shops or what have you, and he has a, a he's he's found like the the most bizarre, random like a uh, uh, Wrangler jeans Barbie. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> uh uh uh, um, Biggs and Wedge. Nice. <laughs> wow. Star Wars. Yeah. Right? Very weird. <laughs> right. So it's ridiculous. And, and so now he's uh, Devo. <laughs> nice. It's 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 one figure with four heads, so you can oh, like that's awesome, right? Yeah. So he so he's like, well, this is now my thing. Is I find I like I'm, go that. I'm going to seek out bizarre, random. Why do you have this action figure? And I'm like, I support this 100. percent Let this me share with you guys. This is speaking of thrift store. So last week we were going to record, but it turned out to be Mother's Day. And Dave and I were in entertaining family land, so we had to reschedule. Anyway, 
when we were supposed to recording. Uh, supposed to recording. When we were supposed <laughs> to record. When we were supposed to recording. It's a Max Headroom bit now. Uh, we're supposed to record. I just took my daughter outside and I was like, let's go on a walk. There is a thrift store called the Reuse Center that is, you know, not even a quarter of a mile away. I thought it would be a fun walk. We go and look for new speakers because the ones in my living room from 1979 are blown and finally need to be replaced. So we walk in and we're just going around. I find her a nice $1 jump rope. It's fine. And I do the thing where I drift over to the, the electronics junk heap where you expect the trash lady from Labyrinth to be, like, living at the bottom yeah. of all the mouses. Some dude's just plugging cables in and out of something. You're not exactly. really sure why. And so sitting on top of a pile of, like, crap, just, like, blank CDs, it's literally, like, CDR spindles, is four loose Genesis games. Just loose Genesis carts. And I haven't seen anything that old in this place in three years. And it's Beyond Oasis, Ooh. Earthworm Jim 2, wow. Vector Man 2, okay. and the original Shining Force. Shit. Mint, mint labels, just gold sitting there. Gold. And I'm like, what? The sh- what are you guys doing here? Have you talked to anybody? Do you, has anybody seen you? And th- nobody had seen them. They were $3 a piece. What? Oh, wow. Three bucks. And so I walked out. And the next morning, a limited edition vinyl LP for the soundtrack of an old Sega Saturn shooter called Battle Garega was going on sale. What? Oh, yeah. And I was like, I can't afford that. That's an absurd tchotchke for rich people. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at my $12 miracle find, and I'm like, wait a second. People are insane. So I just (laughs) took a picture of them, put them on eBay... And the $12 instantaneously turned into $100. Oh, nice. <laughs> Thrift yeah. store find! Yes! Nice. Yes! It felt so good. It felt so good. Uh, the man who has the best Plex server in history is Dave Roberts. <laughs> I, uh, my recent thrift store haul, I bought a Blu-ray copy of Bullet. Nice. And a Wii balance board. Yeah. A functioning Wii balance board? Yes. Like, it, it was still in the Wii Fit U box. There you go. Uh, for $10 total. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. That's beautiful. Yeah, I remember, because, like, last time uh, we went there, they had, like, a stack of five of them or something. And I didn't get yeah. one because I didn't have the Wii U at the time. And then I got the Wii U again because I'm a weirdo. And uh, I was like, well, I got this digital copy of Wii Fit on here. God, I got a balance board again. I wonder well, if they obviously. got one, and yeah. they did. So, I'm I'm just based on those two experiences alone within like six months apart. I'm just assuming at any given week there is at least one balance board in that store. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. See, when I when I say that there's been nothing good at this thrift store, there is perpetually a stack of like five or six balance boards, and then like one half broken Rock Band drum kit. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah. precariously yeah. perched on top. a Nintendo Wii. Rock band guitar. So you look at it, and you're like, oh, maybe I could use this, but no, no. Wow, it's, it's got the cavity for the remote inside of it. <laughs> yeah, I hate that cavity. It looks like the worst game of operation of all time. Uh, 
People know what Operation is still, right? That's yeah, that's, sure. oh, yeah, that's yeah, you can get it at Walmart. It's, it's fine. It's like Surgeon Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> Except you can die when you get electrocuted by yeah. the game. Yeah. Uh, so we were going to have a completely different first segment on today's show. But when we went to the Continue Podcast Discord to ask what they wanted to hear in our backer-only section... Backer-only section and the Discord are things that you get for backing us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash continue podcast. <laughs> like, follow, subscribe, like, follow, subscribe. Oh, my God. Susie, that's how you do it, right? You're that's so how you do it. smooth, my brother. Just, just slid the it. smoothness. It's slid just, it right just, in. It's like... Drop it in. right in. Like, uh-huh. uh, like Lunar Lander, just... <laughs> I am from the Apollo program of transitions. Uh, This came from uh, Kevin in our Discord, and we thought this topic was so interesting that we wanted to elevate it to the top of the show. And he said, let's talk about the whole spoiler fiasco with Final Fantasy VII Remake. He wants to know, when is it okay to talk about spoilers in general? And the the reason this came up is that Final Fantasy VII Remake turns out to be a real game made by real people that one day we will actually play. Someday. Uh, someday. After not seeing uh, anything about this game for uh, four years, a new trailer came out since our last episode, and people are very excited about it. You can imagine that Dave Roberts and I were talking about it in the continued text chain that exists between the three of us. And while Susan didn't chime in, you could hear the sighs coming from her. You, you like the teeth grinding. <laughs> yeah, you, like, they, you could hear them through the phone. And like I wasn't even doing like the text to speech thing, but like they were there. Uh, as Dave and I were talking about it, a, a so larger accurate. conversation was happening online about uh, how to discuss Final Fantasy VII in forums and comment threads. Because people are very excited about this game being remade. But in their excitement, it's a lot of people who played this game at some point over the last 22 years. And there, there is an enormous... There's an entire generation of human beings that have been born since Final Fantasy VII came out that have never played it and probably don't know anything about it and probably don't want the big shocking moments in the game. To be ruined. Eris dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, conversation over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Susan just like let out the big spoiler for this game. I think that there are other big spoilers. I think, I think that it is a more significant spoiler for Final Fantasy VII when you find things out about the characters who live. Here's my thing. If you are someone who is in, potentially interested in playing Final Fantasy VII. I cannot imagine a way you have had, you are on the internet at in any way. Yeah. And have not seen Aeris Dies. Yeah. Like, how, how do you go to any video game source of information? If you care about video games enough to be like, I'm going to read ign.com or top GameSpot. 10 deaths in video games right, top, right, ten, yeah, right. top 10 moments in jr like it's it is yeah. the thing it is yeah. it is legendary it is it is literally the stuff of legend so that's while that is technically a, a spoiler it's not because i i just don't 
it's it's a real Luke, I am your father sort of thing. I, indeed, indeed. It's it's so part of the cultural lexicon of exactly. the medium that you kind of wonder, like, how could that be a spoiler at all? Right. I will say, to contextualize this for the youngins in our audience, and I know there are a few of you, if you weren't really paying attention when this game first came out, that shit was spoiled by magazines before the game actually came out here. Uh, Final Fantasy VII actually had a very quick turnaround in terms of localization for 1997. Came out in February 1997 in Japan, was out in September of 1997 in the U.S. Every single preview article I saw for this game had clips from the CG cutscene of Eris being stabbed to death by the main villain, Sephiroth. So, like, honestly, this is this is the sort of thing that... You know, you should be asking not like how do spoilers, how should spoilers be handled in the case of remakes, but how should spoilers be handled in general? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to make this claim. I want to see how you guys feel about it. Okay. I think that it is not really that hard to avoid spoilers. I think it's bullshit. The idea that avoiding spoilers is difficult, even if you are a like avid user of Twitter. It's not that hard. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you. I mean, like, I think there's a difference between knowing and like being able to ignore them and being able to care about them. I think okay. if you, I think if you don't care, it's easy to feel like you can ignore them. But if you're just walking on eggshells, like the slightest mention of something could like make you feel like something is spoiled. Mm. Mm. But but like, well, do either of you guys feel that way? I. If okay, so there there are levels of spoiler, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are some things I don't want to know anything about it. I don't want to see a trailer. I don't want to see a still. Praise Jesus, I don't work on at Games Radar anymore because that's mm -hmm. spoiled. Just doing my job spoiled so many things for me. Not um, if so you did your job badly. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. I'm very good at my job. So, uh, yeah. So, and, and in those cases, I do take the responsibility to actively avoid anything, yeah. anywhere that where I think I might. But that's because I'm looking for a total blackout, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For me, I don't want I don't want the big surprise spoiled. Sure. I don't want the momentous whatever surprise. Mm -hmm. And that could be like there are lines of dialogue from Endgame that. I would not want to spoil for people, even though it's just it's a it's a throwaway line of dialogue. It's a joke. It's a whatever. It doesn't impact the plot. But I think that it's such a that the genuine moment of enjoyment of that line comes from not knowing it's going to happen hmm. uh, because it's out of character or it's just really well written or whatever it is. But you have to remember, it's there's also people out there who actively try to to ruin things. Right. Yeah, I, I like I, I was going to say that I feel like the the asshole troll factor mm -hmm. is something else that you need to consider as separate from this. OK, fair. Like, fair. I, I feel like the asshole factor is a separate thing. Like the guy who made the Twitter bot that gave away the spoiler from Force Awakens. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that happened. Oh, yes. What? What oh, a dick. Oh, yes. Come on. And that man. was the day it came out. That's so shitty. Wasn't there a guy who like tried to spoil Endgame in front of a theater and he got his ass beat down? No. Like, there's like a what? video of this on Twitter. Someone was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, there was a. Uh, I don't. I don't know about that guy in particular, but for Endgame, 
there were this happened several different places shortly after the movie would start someone would stand up shout the ending and leave it's not funny like it's not not even it's not i'm saying that as somebody who relishes fucking with people like especially (laughs) if i care deeply about them (laughs) like the more i love someone the more likely i am to needle them incessantly yeah the existence of this podcast is a <laughs> wonderful substantiation. It is, it is a document to it. It is a, document. it is a documentary shot in real time of that fact. Uh, but, like, that's not, it's not even clever or, yeah, exactly. or interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you're wasting yeah. money. Like, a movie you're tickets, what, $20? I, I know, I know. Oh, they have the last functioning movie pass, Dave. That's how they're pulling off. <laughs> they, they still haven't had their pass. credit cards stolen. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't like. I think that the the conversation around spoilers at the FF seven is uh, particularly interesting because it is like, especially in this spoil the spoiler culture, whatever mm. on the internet, people are like really concerned about it. And whereas back in that day, like, you had to actively seek out those spaces where you could be spoiled. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think you with, had to go to the spoiler as opposed to the spoiler just sort of just come hearing, yeah, yeah. I like Final Fantasy VII, and then like just because you said Final Fantasy VII, someone tweets it at you. Yeah. But like, I think the interesting thing with the Seven remake isn't going to be the larger beats because I don't think those are going to change much. Mm. I think the part that you don't want to spoil for people are the little things, the little details that they mm-hmm. change, the little, uh, the ways that they connect those beats together um, in ways that didn't happen in the uh, the original game. I think that's a more interesting thing. That that would th- like that would ruin me if someone was like, "Oh, dude, they like they turned that dolphin mini game to like it's like a whole two hour segment now, and it's awesome." Like it's an afterburner style shooter. Yeah, like don't tell me that. I want to see that for myself. Yeah. Uh, oh, like yeah, like dude, they put SSX Tricky in the game now. It's just snowboarding. Like oh sweet, but like like don't tell me that. I want to see that for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't know. How do you guys? Because I, I completely have... agree with you, Dave. Because uh, the the remake of Resident Evil, the you know capital R E, yeah, um, with the red headed zombies and uh, all that, they took advantage mm-hmm. of yep. the spoilers in the very first. Like, because you know, the very first scare is the dogs coming through the window, and then they took it out. That's so yeah. good. Like, I love, I love that. Yeah. You know, so you can, it's really tough because on the one hand, it's like, guys, it came out 22 years ago. Like, shut up. Come on. On the other hand, because it is so old, relatively speaking, obviously, you're absolutely right. There are people who didn't exist when it came out and it could be a completely fresh experience for mm-hmm. them. Except for the fact that it's Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, except for the yeah. fact that it's Final Fantasy VII. Like yeah. I, I'm, and like I think it's the kind of thing that there are, it, like, again, like if you care about video games enough to be looking at video game websites, to be following Twitter feeds, or going to a YouTube channel, or watching a streamer, you will have picked up enough of it just through yeah. general osmosis that you know, like something weird happens. And, like, I go back to what I originally said. Like, the bigger story spoilers for that game are not 
the fact that Eris. And by the way, it's official now. It is Aerith. They're going back to the Japanese oh, are they? spelling. All right. It is Aerith again. Uh, the fact that she dies isn't the bigger spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler warning. If there's anybody listening here who doesn't want Final Fantasy VII spoiled, skip ahead five minutes in the podcast. I think it's way more big, uh, way bigger of a spoiler to say that like Cloud is a fraud. That like Cloud's entire personality like doesn't exist, and he's not who he even thinks he is. Like that's a bigger. To me, that's a bigger spoiler than the fact. I don't that, even know what you're talking about. So. Yeah, when you get when you get halfway through the game after Aerith dies. Yeah, well, because the entire first half of the game is Cloud is this ultimate badass. He's right, a right, right, yeah. I was right. a soldier. I was you know, this. Yeah, one, yeah. You know, Sephiroth's yeah. the bad guy. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then yeah, like you, you get to the turn and it's like no, he he's like lied. the janitor. Yeah, he's, he he sucks. He's yeah. like a he's like a nerd that yep. failed and yep. like. He doesn't really remember it. Like yeah. he like he has amnesia basically and finds out that oh, like right. well, he's he's the, the, oh. he has the ultimate scrub. And like the, the the trope of, you know, the hero with amnesia. Like again, if you've read anything about JRPGs, like if you like JRPGs, you know this. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's you know, it I think it would be I think a more interesting example. Uh, just for the illustrative points of what we're talking about, is something like Code Veronica. Oh, okay. Part of a very popular franchise, but one that a lot of people missed. Mm-hmm. And, but there's, but, but again, there's distance, right? Like, it came out a while ago, so... It's, that game's 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, at that point, it's very, like, you know, the the... George R.R. R. Martin books, like right. guys that we, like the whole bit with the Red Wedding, we've known about it for a while, like chill out. It's it's like that, but I mean, there are people who, even if they were playing games, they might have missed it. Sure. So then is it okay to talk about spoilers? Because there's, there's some, there's definitely some stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually have, and like, this is uh, just because I like to think about timelines for things i actually have an internal timeline for spoilers like if something is brand new yeah uh i have like here is when you can and like this is the kind of thing that the three of us have had to think about because of what Mm. we've done for a living Mm -hmm. like when can you openly talk about things on a a stream a podcast or in an article Mm -hmm. and like there are people that consider just plot summary a spoiler at this point sure Plot summary, you could do plot summary within two weeks of something. You can say, like, here's the basic premise, here's where they go, blah, blah, blah. If yeah. you're reading a review of anything, you don't you don't get that right. Like, that's on the table almost immediately. Well, yeah. Go, go for it. Uh, spoiling the ending is okay with a warning after a month. Oh, spoiling anything with a warning with is, a warning. Totally, is right. totally fair. Yeah. Just throw, uh, it, throw it out yeah. there, right? You can talk about anything in the movie, but, like, probably throw a caveat, like, mid-conversation. Like, like oh, man, like, if you haven't, like, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Like, six months. After 18 months, fuck it, all rules are off. You can mm-hmm. talk about anything whatsoever 18 months after the fact, 
and anybody that ever complains about spoilers there, even if it's like a long running series, even if they're like, oh man, but I'm only in season one. Doesn't that's matter what problem. they, that's yeah. your problem. No. Screw you. 18 See, months. I, I shorten that to a year. Oh yeah. What, I just, 12? I get, I give you, I give you a year and then it's, I see. Here's my thing. I hate spoilers, and I want to be sensitive to other people. Mm-hmm. So I, when I, if I if I even now if I'm tweeting anything about uh, Game of Thrones or Endgame, I am not specific. Mm. I will mm. say the scene with Theon was really well done, or the you know I really enjoyed the final gathering in Endgame. Right. Sure. You only. You only. It's only a spoiler if you already know it's a spoiler right a year fuck you yeah oh. fuck you <laughs> plenty of time it's it's been on netflix by this it's point been, yeah, like, exactly that's what i'm saying like <laughs> because i, I don't because i you'll get a lot of people who are like well why should i not get to talk about this as it's happening because it's a communal event well, well you know what because some people work or they have kids or they just couldn't at that time and and you don't get to tell them that not they, everybody lives right? on the internet. Not and, everybody lives on the internet. Right. However, after a year, you have had ample opportunity to get to this thing mm-hmm. if it was that important to you. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, spoiler warning, everybody. It's confirmed by the writers of the film Captain America did make out with his niece. Confirmed by the writers. I'm not kidding. It's 100% confirmed. I was on it. I was on <laughs> Smooched her, yes. You read that subtext. That. They, there was smooching. They made out on that road. That is... That was uh, extensive. That's not a smooch. That's not a polite, I'll see you at the next family reunion. No, it was back not on the, polite. It was not... There was intent there. It's, an, I mean, it's that's inappropriate. Obvious because, inappropriate. Because, he, I mean, look, he has America's ass, and I've, it is magnificent. I, I, I will change my tune a little, though. Uh, on this fact, you know, before I was really putting a lot of the onus on this on Steve Rogers. I mean, like Steve doesn't know he's traveling back in time. She fucking she's grown up with that guy being her uncle. She knows. Come on, Sharon Carter. Unacceptable. Uh, so Ryan <laughs> had a follow up question to <laughs> Susan's thinking about it. <laughs> Susan's still considering it. I need to think about this for go on, go on, yeah. go on. I'm gonna no, no, no. Okay, Susan, I will say here the writer they the writers of the script did an interview, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, well, our thing we talked this through with the Russos, 100 the husband referenced in the original Avengers movies about the single timeline, like yeah, Steve Rogers has been her husband in the proper timeline the whole time, so her two kids are Steve Rogers's kids. And he's just been with her since, like, the 50s. So, when little Sharon Carter was growing up, hanging out with her Aunt Peggy, her idol, the the man at those barbecues <laughs> is the guy who she wears the sexy pajamas to do her laundry with down the hall in the apartment building. Unacceptable. <laughs> Guys, I think I, I think I've presented Susan with compelling evidence. Yeah, this is, a, this is this is a <laughs> open and shut case. At the time that she is wearing the sexy pajamas for him, mm-hmm. he has yet to have so much as smooched right? Aunt Peggy. He, there's been no consummation. You're there's absolutely been right. nothing. There's been nothing. There's been nothing. He is 
is an unplowed field. <laughs> so even he's, more unacceptable. He's he's he, so she had him first. So she's sending her sloppy seconds into the yes! past. Correct. To her hero, to her war hero aunt. Yes. Unacceptable. Uh, look, I mean, <laughs> I'm, when presented with Steve Rogers. Yeah, you've got that Steve Rogers option. I mean. <laughs> he's worthy, is what I'm saying. I mean, like, you know. You gotta throw that shield. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta... (laughs) Yeah. You just... Gonna... (laughs) Okay. Ryan's follow-up question. (laughs) Two Kevins is also really good, and we've kind of already touched on this with Resident Evil Remake. Mm. As a follow-up, should remakers have the freedom to make big changes so those spoilers might not actually even apply anymore? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I th- like in in I think on a case by case basis you have to evaluate that because I think in Final Fantasy 7's case there are moments that you won't want to change like Eris's death. Like that has to happen for the plot to Hang move on, forward. Though. She has to die, but does she have to die that way? No, not no. at all. And I would go as far as to say that if you make a remake, I think it would be very you know, cheesy and schmaltzy, but bring her back to life if you feel like it. Like I, I make a I side quest. Like, Get yeah. a golden chocobo and do it. Do it. <laughs> like I, I feel like that kind of thing. That it, when you're remaking, I think you're allowed to get dangerous. Uh, like Darkwing stuff. I was gonna say, are yeah, we Darkwing duck now? You're allowed. Yeah, you're allowed to Darkwing duck it. And I, I, like, am, the, I am the terror that flaps in the night. My favorite example of this, and I, I'm not totally sure if either of you will be familiar with it. But there is, I mean, you'll know, like, the name. There's a very famous anime series called Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yep. Very famous. People, well, you know. I've never heard of it. What's it about? Oh, uh, shut oh, up. God damn it, Dave. <laughs> First of I all, take the Bible. Now, fuck it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's so, get weird. Let's get weird. Uh, you know, Neon Genesis Evangelion, very, very famous, had originally a contentious ending and then they were like, wow, people hated that ending so much. Let's make a movie to fix that. Oh. Uh, about 10 years ago now, they announced that they were going to remake the entire series and the original movie as a group of four new movies. Okay. And they were like, yeah, they're going to be straight remakes. They're called the, like the rebuild of Evangelion. And everybody was under the impression after seeing the trailers and after hear like everything that they publicly released, they were like, yeah, it's just going to be a very fancy streamlined remake. And then the first movie came out and they were like, wow, they kind of added some weird stuff in there. That was a little different, like cool that they took some risks. And then the second movie came out and the story started to change entirely, like oh. 100%. It's the same story beats, but just completely different outcomes and conclusions. To the point that, spoiler warning, one of the characters vanishes and all of a sudden, like, is thrust 25 years into the future. And, like, all these characters who were only, like, teenagers in the original show were now adults. Interesting. Like, really interesting. And sort of adhering to 
the the big beats like you were talking about Dave like having the big beats in Final Fantasy 7 again but just completely changing the contextualization for them and really changing the way you could explore a character and I I think that if you're going to remake something you should be able to have like that should be on the table and the thing can still be considered a remake you know in in the way that like different stage adaptations of plays can be wildly well, different yeah. from the original conception yeah exactly I mean it there are different movie adaptations of books. There are, I mean, how we've gotten several different versions of Superman. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I absolutely think you should have, but it, it has to feel true to the source. It doesn't have to copy the source, but it has to feel true to it. That's the biggest thing. And like truth, like the, the truth to the source, the faithfulness to the source is all about capturing a feel and, yep. you know, like that's that's important when you're just continuing a story. Forget remaking it. If you're going to carry it on, it's the difference between the prequel movies for Star Wars and Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Like one feels like the thing. It has the spirit yeah. of the thing and the other doesn't. Uh, and like, and I don't know, like a shot for shot remake is just boring. Right. You know, like it's it's just yeah. like it's not good. Like why? Just watch the original thing, because then otherwise you end up with the wedding crashers guy staring at Anne Hayes. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, are we gonna relitigate yeah. Gus Van Sant's choices? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes, we are. Every yes, time. we are. <laughs> like, I don't know. I have the PlayStation version of Final Fantasy VII. Like, if what you want is just that, but like nicer looking, you're not gonna get it. Like, no one's going to make that game. Oh, like, no, that exists. That exists. It's on your Nintendo Switch right now. No, it's... I just... I, well, what I mean is, like, that exact game, but, like, in three with three right, models, right, right. playing yeah. exactly... You're not going to get it. And why would you? It's boring as hell. Yeah. Like, I mean, the Shadow of the Colossus remake. I think the, the Shadow yeah. of the Colossus remake is the most spectacularly made cure for insomnia I have <laughs> ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Yeah, that see that's not a remake. That's a remaster. I don't have a problem with remasters. Sure, I think that's fine. Like, if it, when it goes from one platform to another platform, right? Yeah. Like, I don't have a PS One kicking around anymore. Most people don't. They tend to just stick with one console and then then trade it in and get it. Fine, cool. You want a remaster for to go from PS Three to PS Four or Xbox to Xbox Three Sixty to Xbox One. Absolutely, I am 100% on board with that. That's fine. But yeah, like just a straight, this is mm -hmm. the thing, but new looking. Yeah, what? screw that. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. That's not a remake. That is a, a waste of time yeah. and effort when you can have some artistic license in there. Mm -hmm. Like for, like Battlestar Galactica, they made Starbuck a chick. Yeah. And yeah. Like it's, it's, she's still... Okay. She, she gambles, she smokes cigars, she drinks, she sleeps around, she does all the stuff Starbuck did, but now it's a woman, which adds a completely different tenor to that character. And in the original Battlestar Galactica, would they have put in a terrible version of a Bob Dylan song just for like, I don't know, like no reason, like just because you needed to signpost that this was all going off the rails really quickly? Yeah. <laughs> no. It's true. It's very true. Very, so the decisions yeah. aren't always good. They're not. They're not. Good. It's true. That it's is very... A, a very interesting example of Battlestar Galactica, Susan, because Battlestar Galactica is 
I would say something that planted a seed that had that original spirit, that feeling that we mm -hmm. were talking about. Mm -hmm. that is essential for a great remake or a continuation and allowed it to blossom into something completely poisonous different and... as it got <laughs> poisonous and vile yeah. and they just it fucking ruined Al from Quantum Leap. Uh, but, you know, like they, they allowed it to turn into something else without disrespecting people who yeah. had a very yeah. firm idea of that feeling and that soul. Yeah. Or a headcanon, if you prefer. Mm -hmm. Uh, now... Huh. Where are you going, Anthony? Oh, Fucking, did wow, you guys that was... see that segue? That was just, honestly, like, that... You could ride Ooh. that, like, Joe Bluth down the street. That was just <laughs> flawless. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just delivering it on all fronts. Louise. <laughs> so, the, the idea of you sort of having your own interior idea of a property is something you wanted to discuss this week, Susan. Yes. In relation to a game that you have been playing that sounds pretty damn interesting. Yes. Okay. So the game uh, I've been playing uh, is called Distrust. Last time I checked, it was about $8 on the PlayStation Network if you have PS Plus. And it's an isometric survival game with based, not based, but with very much in common with the thing. Oh, cool. You're, uh, you're on a helicopter. And it crashes outside a science base in the North Pole. You start off, there are two survivors. You have to take care of your body temperature, your stamina, and your hunger. So you have to maintain all of those. Small problem. Uh, there's been, they've been studying a spaceship. And things have gone somewhat awry. It's never goes and well. And now there are all these... <laughs> anomalies all over the place. So every time you sleep, uh, the the uh, anomalies are attracted by delta waves. Oh, so oh motherfucker. <laughs> the, more, the more you rest, the more likely you are to summon one. And you have to, the, the goal is to cross six zones to get to the other side of the camp where the other helicopter is so you can escape. What a great the, hook. It's so good. The close, and it just so happens, oh, the helicopter's right next to the spaceship. So the closer you get to it, the worse everything <laughs> right. gets. That, you get to fly the other way. <laughs> away from the spaceship. It's, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> so uh, so uh, you have to feed yourself regularly, right? And there's you'll find food in the in the kitchen or you know, you can find granola bars or uh, ramen or soup or whatever. And so you uh, unlock different adventurers and they have different skills and you can only take two at a time. So you have to choose very carefully. So I ended up taking the same two, the chef who every time she cooks any food at all, she also makes like a protein shake with mm, the leftovers. Mm. So you're getting bonus food and the, the handyman who can fire up, uh, furnaces with less fuel and when he starts a generator it lasts longer before it runs out of gasoline great so the so yeah, you will die a lot in this game like you definitely there's a learning curve and there's a strategy curve as you go it, you know do you explore everything oh i only have so much fuel for the furnace as soon as the furnace kicks my temperature's gonna start dropping radically 
do I just press on to the next zone or should I scrounge for everything in this zone to get as much supplies as I can before? Or do I just make a beeline for the spaceship? There's all this stuff you got to, you, you have to figure out. You develop your own strategies. And I use these two characters consistently. And for some reason in my head, I determined he would only ever eat soup. <laughs> she got the nice bowls of noodles because I just felt like that was warm and homey. And she's the one doing the cooking, so she should get... They, they fill you up the same amount. But I just but felt like she should, like, yeah. like, you get the, 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 the Campbell's tomato soup. I'm going to have this nice noodle bowl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I came to this, but it, it became... A hard and fast rule for it's playing law. this game. It's it law. is law that he only gets to eat soup. If there wasn't soup for him, he went hungry. Mm-hmm. I don't like. He could have. I would even give him chocolate bars. That was fine. But no, he doesn't get the noodles. <laughs> only she gets the noodles. And I don't know why I I decided this, but I did. And I find that in games where it's more about the mechanics than the story where there isn't character development, where there isn't sort of subtext or anything. And I did this in uh, Story of Seasons as well. I created a rivalry with a, a farming rivalry with one of the characters that was vicious. Mm-hmm. Doesn't exist in the game. But in my head, <laughs> it is factual that like I just live to destroy this rival farmer. I will do whatever it takes to see her destroy and i was just curious if you guys do that as well okay (laughs) like the the as soon as you came to us with this idea the first thing that popped in my head is like the caramelized onion version of this like i've reduced it down to its most basic elements to get to the sugary sweet sticky pure version there is a stage in super mario brothers 3 that is unique in the entire game it comes in World Five, and it's a tower. Creepo shoe. No, yeah, it's right before. It's right, right, uh, right before Creepo shoe. Okay. It's right before. It's like, no, it's right after. So okay. you do Creepo shoe, and then there is a like tower symbol on the map. Oh and yeah. And that's what sends you to the clouds. So you ascend the tower. There is a room in the tower with no enemies. You go up a pipe. At the left side of the room is another pipe for you to go up. And between you and that are these two hanging lamps. And they just look like light bulbs on the end of braided ropes. These are the only room... This is the only room where they appear in the entire game. They never show up again. They're just decoration. From the moment that I played that game for the first time at the age of eight years old... I have been convinced that if I touch those light bulbs, the game is over. It's all (laughs) fucking done. This is the most dangerous room in all of Super Mario Bros. 3. That is hot lava hanging from the ceiling. Don't touch them. And so I, I have played this game like with friends in a variety of situations. I have played this game in front of my child now. And I get to that room and it's just like, gotta do a little jump. <laughs> gotta do just a little jump. Little jump. And I'm, oh, uh, I'm Tanuki, Mario. I better duck. duck. <laughs> do a little jump. 
and do another little jump. Now it's clear. Dangerous room, most dangerous room gone. And like, I, I couldn't for the life of me tell you why. Because there's nothing there signifying that those are danger in any way, shape, or form. But it's law. It is. I love that. Just like soup, it's fucking law. He will only have soup. <laughs> he will never have the noodle bowl. Never. <laughs> Dave Roberts, are you a crazy person? <laughs> I mean, not like, not like this. I don't know. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't really have that, like, that stuff doesn't really go through my head. Like, I would be the guy that would just run through the room and, like, not even think about it. Right. Um, but, like, what I do like to do with my wife, especially since, like, my son watches the same movies over and over again, mm. is just, like, the more that you watch the same movie, you start to, like, pick every little thing apart. Mm. Mm. Uh and one of the things that we did for a while was there was that famous uh, internet headcanon for Ferris Bueller's Day Off where Ferris, like the movie's actually about Cameron and Ferris mm. is in Cameron's head. So right, ta- right, so, right. And so every time my son and I, or my son would watch it, my wife and I would like kind of look at each other and go like, look, this is the part. <laughs> like, th- th- he's not real. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. that I don't... I've never Do heard this that? before. Is like the oh, idea? Yeah. Is it like a is it like a Fight Club situation? Yes. So the the idea is that like Cameron Fry is dealing with all the shit with his dad and his own anxieties and his uh-huh. like, personal struggles, and so he creates Ferris as the like cool guy that is able to get away with everything. But is he inhabiting Ferris's actions? Like 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 when I say Fight Club, is like he doing? Is Cameron doing what like, Ferris Cameron's does? Cameron's going he everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, but, no, Cameron, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, like, Sloan is his girlfriend, and, like, half the time she's indulging his wacky antics, and the other time yes. she's, like, yeah. trying to comfort him because he's, like, sullen and withdrawn. Yes. Right. This is really working for me. Right? <laughs> I'm gonna have to fuck. This uh, is I- really, this is really unsettling. I will find this and I will send it to you. And so, like, it is, that's like, why Jennifer Grey is like off with Charlie Sheen the entire time. It's like she doesn't, she's not really there to deal with him. That part doesn't work as well. <laughs> no, just, I think you just have to assume that like everything that happens with Ferris Bueller is is a is a figment of Cameron's imagination, including his family, because everything that happens with Ferris Bueller and his family is just comically over the top and contained yeah yeah. but like cameron is like the one like logical center to the to that entire film does the song where somebody says chicka chicka exist i mean yeah all right so it's real it's in multiple films it's in (laughs) secret of my success so it's it's a real song so it's a real song all right so that's also all right that's not a like psychic projection I'm thinking way too much about this. You're doing... <laughs> I'm, 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 it's going too far. It's going yeah, too far. It's too, it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> Bring it back. Pull it back. Pull it back. <laughs> I, I would love, uh, listeners, for you to share with us, either in our Discord or if you're not a backer and you don't have access to the the Discord, uh, hit us up on Twitter mm-hmm. at ContinuePod. Tell us your headcanon or yeah. your rules, yeah. your laws or headcanons. Let's read them I, next time. Like yeah, we'll, we'll do like a full headcanon reading. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because the the thing with the the light bulbs in Mario, I find <sighs> immensely delightful. 
It's yeah, and like that, it, like it haunts me. Like I can't see it after that, like first conception. Uh, I have to have talked to you guys at some point about this over the last like five years. It, at some point, I have to have discussed this with both of you. But my best friend in the world, uh, when he and I shared an apartment in New York, we one night we were watching Dark Man, and we decided that. Uh, no questions asked. We were like, every Liam Neeson movie is ca- is canon with every other Liam Neeson movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, like, and yeah, Liam yeah, Neeson yeah. is yeah. quantum yeah. leaping his way yes. through everything. And the like, Liam Neeson Liam, universe. Yeah, Liam Neeson is like desperate to get back to the world where he's Liam Neeson. Yeah. But... He like he's like oh great now I'm in this really bad Star Wars movie like oh god this week I'm Oscar Schindler oh no like it's like the worst possible life like waking up one day and finding out your Rob Roy is a fucking Ooh, nightmare. that's a bad one yeah it's that's... really bad uh, and and like and then that... he's the commuter yes yeah, he's the commuter <laughs> I have not brought myself to watch the commuter it looks it looks dire it's <laughs> it's it's the thing is, he made a movie virtually identical to that. Like, first he was on a plane. Right. And then it's the same movie, but now he's on a train. Yeah. So I'm assuming the next one will be in an automobile. His agent's just picking up those, like, Neeson bucks while they're there to get. Well, yeah, exactly. But that's one where, like, it started as a joke. Like, oh, like, it's a couple of stupid stoners in their early 20s laughing about something. Mm-hmm. But I am incapable of watching a Liam Neeson movie and not being completely preoccupied by it at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Like, when, like, if I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, watching The Grey, I'm like, you know, this seems rough when he's, like, starving and having to, like, punch wolves with little bottles of Jack Daniels. But it's not as bad as being Rob Roy. Honestly. (laughs) It's just not as bad. It's not as bad that day. Liam Neeson, sir. Uh... I'm really excited for people to to send in their ideas. Can Susan? Do you have any other ones besides your soup? Oh, so so many, so many. I impose <laughs> rules and like Tharsis. Okay, so Tharsis. In case uh, you have not heard me talk That's about it, that's a weird before. one to bring up. Oh my god! It's, I know, right? So Tharsis, the idea there is you are the crew on a ship that is headed for Mars. Tharsis is a region of Mars. That's the name of the game. Another great game, terrible name. And it's, uh, you have 10 turns that you have to survive, various catastrophes befalling the ship. And again, it's a situation where you have certain archetypes. Uh, the crew has different skills. This one can, you know, restore health. This one can fix the ship. This one, right. Um, so I've given them all personalities. <laughs> Of course. Because, because of course I have. First, there's the rule. One of the things in uh, Tharsis is there's cannibalism. Mm. You can eat dead members of the crew to make the game slightly easier to win. I, I won't. I, I never will. It's a rule. The ship will blow up before I will eat somebody. That's not happening. Unless, of course, the crew member I pick is the cannibal because one of you can do that. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> But yes, I have... Weird that they would send a cannibal on a space flight. I, I want to sit in on that job interview. It's bad. Like, I, you know, like, how do you apply for that? Like, I saw on Craigslist, you needed a <laughs> cannibal to go to Mars. And like, 
How many years experience do you need for that? <laughs> I I unfortunately can't really give you references because, well... I gotta tell you, I haven't gone I pro them. yet. I haven't <laughs> gone pro yet. Right? Um, but yeah, like, there are certain characters I won't use because I've decided, oh, no, that guy, he's just in it for himself. Hmm. He's a jerk. Like, this is ridiculous. This doesn't... And I do this... When, if you do not give me characterization, I'll make it. Yeah. It will happen organically as I play the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's weird. Like, the more I think about it, the more I realize that the one that always gets me isn't character-based. It's, like, roots. If there are games that I play many times, I get mm. addicted to this is the way I played it and got, like... Like, it, this was either the most efficient or this was the mm. most, like, this was the way I liked it the most. And therefore, mm. that's how I'm going to play it every single time. Like, when I play, I, 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 I make it a rule to, like, at least let three years pass before I'm allowed to play Link to the Past again at this point. <laughs> like, gotta keep it at least a three years, boss. Because uh, playing it, like, 72 times in the first five years it was out is too much. But every single time, I'm like, this time I'm going to do it differently. And that I get to the dark world, and the very first thing I do is I play dungeon one, but then I gotta go to five, the thief town. I don't wanna go get the hookshot, I don't wanna do any of that shit. I wanna go to the thief town, because that way you can get the glove that picks up the really heavy thing, and that's just a better way in my brain to go and do I that. I don't get, and, and maybe you can explain this to me. I don't understand what is fun about that for you? Like playing sure. the uh, the same game that much. Like mm-hmm. I can see like playing it and then several years later you play it again. There's distance there. I understand that. But just playing it over and over and over again. What? There are very, it, there are very few games that I have that relationship with. Very okay. few games. And like, you know, I can point to like my favorite game of all time is Chrono Trigger and I've played Chrono Trigger a ton. But at this point, I only play it about once every five years. And that mm. is I'm going to reread a book, you know, like, mm, yeah, uh, you yeah, know, for sure. Yeah. Sure. But like then there are the things like Link to the Past, which I have just like played compulsively over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it, it's weird. The ones that I think fall into that category. It's like that the original Resident Evil 2 uh, mm. magic sword for the Super Nintendo. I know. But for me, I find a meditative pleasure in unfolding the puzzle box. I know how the puzzle box already works. Yeah. But the pleasure is not discovering how the puzzle box works. It's going through the motions. It's, it's for me, it, it has like a Mandela-esque practice to it. Of okay. Go okay. through this. And then... The real discovery is that, you know, I think part of the reason I'm drawn to Link to the Past so much is that I have found that even after 25 years of doing this, there are still things in it that I've never seen. And, like, things I experienced for the first time. This was, uh, I mean, years ago now, and I actually wrote about this. You can't read it anymore because it was on 1UP before 1UP got scuttled. Oh, wow. but I, I wrote an article that was all about like the ongoing dialogue between you and a game. And so because I had my route through this game, there are all these different things that I'd never seen. And uh, so I 
did a thing where uh, usually, like, there's the place where you get the flute in Link to the Past. There's, like, a grove in a forest. In the regular world, you see a boy playing the flute surrounded by animals. If you go up to him, he vanishes. He's a ghost. The call was coming from inside the house! Uh... But then in the dark world, you see the real boy who's been turned into a monster because he's there. And he says, here's a shovel. Take my shovel. I would love to see my flute one more time. Go get it for me. And so typically for like 20 years, I had gone, got the flute and immediately beelined it back to the village where you can use the flute to get a bird that is your fast travel system. Mm -hmm. And then this time I was like, oh, I want to go get like a piece of heart back in the dark world. So I just went back through the portal. And typically if you go back to the dark world and return to that grove, that boy is now a tree. Like the curse overtook him and mm. he is no longer even alive. He's a thing. It's no longer a person. This time I went right back and I have the flute, but he's still a fucking person. And I'm like, what the shit is this? What's even happening? I, I what? And so I walk over and I'm assuming that like maybe like I've stumbled upon the shit that like speed rubbers find and like it's a glitch mm. and go up and talk to him. And there's a whole new dialogue that I'd never seen in 20 years of playing this game. And the, he's, he says, oh, thank you so much for fulfilling my last wish. I want you to keep the flute. It's yours now. I don't need it. I can finally rest. And you watch him turn into a tree and it blew my goddamn mind <laughs> so that that to me is is part of the real like that that's like the legendary pleasure of all video games mm -hmm. like you you can know it so intimately but like a book you go back and reread a book that's just a line you didn't appreciate before mm -hmm. you watch mm -hmm. a movie you know, Dave could sit there uh, with with his wife and sit there and say, like, oh, well, that's the moment that you know that Cameron is imagining Ferris Bueller. You get that again. But a game, a game is so variable, so dependent on you pushing at it that there's just so much you'll never, ever see. So that's uh, that's a very long-winded answer to Wait, your question. Okay, so but... I need to... Are you telling me that Brother asks you to bring him his flute one last time and you never had before? Yeah, I'm an asshole. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck Jeez. that guy. Maybe he shouldn't have been so willy-nilly with his shovel, Susan. <laughs> he can eat it. I was gonna get back to him eventually. I found him eventually. You know, all treed <laughs> up Quest in the woods. Him. Like some kind of tree man. Wow. Uh, I went and told his dad that I found him. I, you know, he's got a dad. I don't, just, yeah, dad. sure, sure. Justify it to yourself, however, whatever you need to do to sleep at night, man. That's okay. It's fine. It's fine. I'm a monster. Uh, Dave Roberts, tell me about pocket monsters. Tell yeah, me about the monsters that you keep in your pockets. This, uh, so they're, they're, it's a successful franchise. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite one? Uh, Squirtle. So like, yeah, choice. yeah, like I don't know. I'm I'm a simple man with simple pleasures, yep. and I like yep. the the water turtle yep. uh, that you start with. My son loves Pikachu. Uh, again, yeah, I mean, Every, yeah. Uh, so I took him to go see Detective Pikachu, uh, and I was surprised by how delightful it was. Yeah, yeah, like it's not art. 
Like, don't don't go into it going like, I'm going to get a meaningful experience out of it. It's fun. It's a fun time to have at a movie theater with a child uh, who is holding also who is holding a Pikachu doll. Aww. Um, but uh, I think it also might be. I think it's the best video game movie ever made, which I know is like a Low bar. like the like you could walk over that bar. Yeah. Uh like like you you could trip over that bar, I should say. But um I don't know, like it's just Okay, so if you don't know what it's about, it's it's loosely based off of the video game of the same name. Uh Tim Goodman's oh. a kid in in a world where uh instead of like stumbling upon a field full of elk you would st- there would be like a field of Taurus or like instead of pi- pigeons there are pigeons flying around. It's just Pokemon are the wild animals here. Do we know? Don't, are, but like there are animals in addition to Pokemon though, right? I don't. They haven't. I didn't see any. Uh, and today I started thinking like, well, what? What do they eat? And I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like, didn't. What do they eat? Like, what are the? Who are the pollinators? Especially in, if if Pokemon are like sentient enough, like conscious enough to like work odd jobs for mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. and like react, like okay. So in in this version of Pokemon, so I think it's it's closer to like the tunes in Roger Rabbit. That's what I was. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. Like that. Yeah. Like yeah. Like yes. You, you're okay. another sentient being, and then there are animals. Like the, right. like the pollination of flowering plants. There are flowering plants, but then some of the flowering plants in this world are also Pokemon. Yes. Oh, right. Right. It's a whole right. thing. It's like a whole thing. They also got yeah. like a key ring going right. by. Yeah, a bag of trash. Like, is that, that, am I throwing this in the garbage or am I forcing food into this Pokemon? I don't know. Uh, I'm a monster. <laughs> I think I'm a monster is definitively the name of this episode. Yeah. yeah. Monster. <laughs> so, so yeah, so the the movie is a, so Tim Goodman is actually like he 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 wanted to be a Pokémon trainer all his life. Aww. But he but but now he's 21 and he works in an insurance company and he's like, "Yeah, this is fine. I don't want I like his friend like keeps wanting to get him to, to cuz everyone has a Pokémon partner. Everyone has one. And he's like, "I don't want one." And so his friend's like, you gotta get one, there's a cue ball, let's go get it. That's like how the movie opens, like, no. So, uh, he finds out that his his dad died in a car accident. His dad is a detective for the Rhyme City Police Department, and he's been estranged from his father for a long time. So he goes to Rhyme City. Rhyme City is a special city uh, created by Bill Nye from uh, Shaun of the Dead fame. Uh, not Bill Nye the Scientist guy. Okay, yeah. no, Bill, Bill, Bill Nike, Nike, Nike. Uh, um, oh, oh, that guy, that guy. Okay, yeah. Um, who guy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hands do this. He just yes. constantly looks like he's trying not to fart. That like stoic <laughs> British, yeah. like pinched oh, eyes. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, yep. So he he has a terminal disease, and he found peace when he discovered. Like he went out on a walkabout. Vision quest, if you will, hung out with a bunch of Pokemon. He's like, guys, these Pokemon are fucking rad. What if we had a city where Pokemon and people live together in harmony? Oh, oh, so it's only one, it's only one city. So Pokemon are wild everywhere else. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. But the city, they're like, there are no Pokemon battles. Okay. Pokemon live here. They work here. 
they, you know, they they are just as equal in the grand scheme of things as people here. So Tim goes there, and uh, he's like, yeah, well, you know, I just want to close things up with my dad, and then uh, I'm gonna go back home. And then he stumbles upon his dad's apartment, which has been ram, you know, ransacked, and finds Pikachu there. Pikachu could talk to him. Uh, Pikachu can only talk to him and no one else. And so they go on this grand mystery to figure out what happened to his dad. Uh, why is this Pikachu able to talk? Uh, why does he sound like Ryan Reynolds? Uh, all questions uh, answered by the end of the film. And uh, it's really, like, it's not well written, but it's interesting. And... Uh, Let's see, I have a note here. Oh, yeah, the last act is Don't stupid. Don't spoil it! I'm not going to spoil it, oh but it's God. it's like, it's stupid dumb. Like, it is just okay. <laughs> like, the dumbest thing ever. But, like, I think it works in a way that, like, a lot of these video game movies don't because it feels like an episode of the show or one of the movies. Like, it just, like, if, if the whole movie was anime characters like i wouldn't have bat batted an eye at it but because it's like real people and real like cgi pokemon like you're like oh that's stupid but um i don't know i think that's kind of like why it works like it's it's kid friendly it doesn't take itself so seriously like a lot of these other video game movies do and i don't know it's just it's cool to see these like fully realized versions of Pokemon existing with other people. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Go go see it. It's a fun time. Um, oh, Anthony's back. Oh, and he fell over his chair. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, like, my question to you is, like, I don't know, have, have, like, what would you consider a good video game movie to be? And why? Because like- I'm, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, why... The Detective Pikachu movie was good and like succeeded where other video game movies failed because so many have failed. Because probably because I mean it's not trying to be a video game movie. It just happens to have characters that have been in video games. It's like uh would you consider Wreck It Ralph to be a video game movie? <sighs> See, like, I was thinking about that uh, today. Like, like, is that a video game movie? I think that's more just a movie about video game characters. But, yeah. I mean, it, it more or less is. Like, it's just the video games in it aren't real. It's yeah, not, like, it's not an adaptation. Right, Although, right, right, right. But Detective Pikachu, I mean, like, it, it is kind of, but, like... But they were, they, were, they were clearly made together, right? It's not like somebody took right. Pokemon Gold and Silver and tried yeah. to make a movie out of it. Um, and the thing I think in this case with Detective Pikachu what makes Pokemon Pokemon is the animals right Mm -hmm. it's the monsters you need to have them there for it to be a Pokemon thing and it's, it's kind of unique in that the gameplay is almost incidental to the games it's about yeah, yeah, it's about, about, it's about get, the world and, and yeah. the things. Yeah, so if you just make it look like it's part of the Pokemon universe and you put the Pokemon there, then you've ticked all the boxes and you could put practically any story you want mm-hmm. in it. 
and it'll work. Yeah, yeah. As, long, as long as the characters are good and have a reason to be interacting with the animals, right, then right. you're, yeah. you're and, like, good this, to go. This has all that. And, like, I think it all, it's also good that it's not one, uh, like, and I, it helps that pokemon is practically ubiquitous at this point with like the global mm-hmm. phenomenon of pokemon go and all this stuff right. like you, you get it Im- immediately but like they don't have to explain like all the stuff to like normal people that a video game movie does like right. they don't have to spend five minutes telling you that like oh water pokemon are strong against fire pokemon like you just know um and also, like, it's not an origin story either. Like, it's yeah. just, here are a bunch of cool animals. Here's the story. Uh, we don't need to explain. Like, there's, like, a couple minutes that explain, like, how the city got founded or whatever. But it's, like, you know, these are all new characters. You know what the, like, the, the monsters are monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, just go. Like, it's smart enough to not bash you over the head with explanation every mm-hmm. five minutes. Which I think, like... Like the reason why the the first Tomb Raider movie was so well received at the time too was because it's another thing that like people just oh it's a person raiding tombs it's like Indiana right. Jones but like like corns on the soundtrack like that's <laughs> <laughs> like like people get it you know you don't like you don't have to explain that to anyone yeah um, the funny thing know. is I think like you know like I. There are adaptations of video games into movies over the past 30 years that I feel like have earned a reputation as being shitty and both like shitty as movies and shitty as adaptations of video Mm -hmm. games. And I feel like that's unfair. And the reason of that, which sort of relates to our other two topics today, is that I feel like there is a a thematic capturing in those mm-hmm. video game adaptations, but it rubs up against people in the audience having a head cannon for that spirit. Like, I feel like people talk about those Tomb Raider movies and they're like, oh no, it's bullshit. Cause like, why would Angelina Jolie, like she's spending all this time, like base diving in a city and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, dude, didn't you play the other Tomb Raider games? Like by the time Tomb Raider two rolls around, she's spending half her time in Venice, man. It's not all, tombs like sometimes she's in a warehouse shooting people indiscriminately sometimes like it's a pretty good (laughs) adaptation Mm. oh no no i just thought angelina jolie was incredibly bad at that character well she's also like i I mean at the time we didn't really have a lara croft character like tomb raider legend was still five years away when that movie came out i mean i it is very much a product of his time. There was nobody else that would have gotten that movie made yeah. as the lead character. Um, the fact that it happened at all is kind of a miracle. Right. Uh, you know, a, a woman-led action film based on a video game. Like, pfft, that was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in 2001, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. Um, she sucked. She doesn't understand Lara Croft. She doesn't get the... She doesn't get it. But then again, I mean, I shouldn't say she doesn't get it. The movie does not understand the appeal. Lara right. Croft. So uh, they get they tick the boxes, right? Rich British girl, cool mansion, lots of gadgets, shoots guns, yeah, fearless, blah 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 blah. Yeah, uh, that they don't understand her soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that too. And like, like. It, 
it's not like a bad adaptation, even if it's a bad movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's an okay adaptation, bad movie. Doesn't get mm-hmm. the character. Same thing with like the Resident Evil series. Like people are like, oh, the Resident Evil movies are bad video game movies. Like not really, man. Like if you're if you're taking like what they got from the, the source material. Spot on, dude. I mean, the the other ones really get into the spirit of Resident Evil. Like, <laughs> they, they really why do. Why do we I make mean... some really dumb shit happen? <laughs> There's clones everywhere. There's clones yeah, everywhere. Not... There's like one second the world is destroyed and overrun by monsters, and then the next second, like everything seems to be fine. Like one yeah. time, there's all the plant, like plants are going. Like that's it's okay. Like I feel like I feel like the worst. Video game adaptations, the worst video game movies are the things that just completely take the source material and just like jettison the spirit of the thing out the window. Like Doom is a fine schlock movie. Like Mm. I feel like that Doom movie gets a bad rap. Like as trash goes... It's pretty entertaining it's trash. It's so good. It's so It's such wonderful trash. Dude. Great I trash, right? And so The Rock much. is amazing in it. Like, I don't understand why Carl The Rock wasn't, Urban. like, Mwah. a huge star immediately after that happened. But, like, it's a shit Doom movie, right? And, like, just because of the way it looks. Like, it's just dark and blue the entire time and ugly instead of being, like, red and everything's on fire and gross and like you know just make it earthier because they couldn't make it hell well they could yeah they couldn't make it hell they gotta get that pg-13 rating just make it mars it doesn't even have to be mars just like you don't even need sam neil devouring his arm saying hell is just a word (laughs) you don't need that shit just make everything red and dusty and bloody you're done you're you're done you know what's interesting though is it looks remarkably like the new doom yeah it looks a lot like the new doom just like red instead of blue it's like it it nails yeah i i like that movie i think it's good i love it i I was actually just watching it two nights ago because i love it so much yeah very entertaining uh i also uh i don't know i like the street fighter movie i've never seen it oh susan it's so good (laughs) like it's terrible (laughs) Oh, uh, we need we need to roll back, guys. Our next we were gonna do another commentary podcast, everybody. That was going to be on a different film, but I think we might have just changed it. I think we might. Susan, oh, Ral, Ral Julia is oh. just munching on all of the scenery <laughs> like it's a oh. Oh, like oh. it's a fine canapé. It's so uh, it's it's. I will say it's it only. It, 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 it has the bad movie syndrome where like part of why this is bad is so much of it is boring like there's a oh. lot of there's a lot of dead time in Street Fighter but there's also just so much of it that's just succulent in every mm-hmm. single way uh wait okay yeah Silent Hill Silent Hill is a bad movie it's just a bad movie uh I didn't hate it oh you didn't hate it I I, no. I just it's long and stupid, and I don't know who I'm supposed to like. It's the one movie where you're supposed to like Sean Bean, and he doesn't die. I refuse to like Sean Bean in that movie. <laughs> I don't like any... I especially... The, the moment where I was with it until... Um, oh, God, I can't remember the actress's name. She's on The Walking Dead, a blonde. She plays oh, the, cop. the cop. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when she shows up, like, for no reason... And, like, then Pyramid Head, like, wanders in into a well-lit room <laughs> and just, like, oh. splits somebody in half. I'm like, this is dumb. I'm leaving. You 
you could stay here, Silent Hill. Uh, of course, I, I also did out. see that movie in a movie theater, and I think like there's just a general rule where you like movies a little, little bit more. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I saw it in the theater, and I brought a large group of friends. Like there were like nine of us at that movie that night, and my friend Jason looked at me and he just goes, "I'm gonna get you back for this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> But, like, I, the movie is, the acting is terrible, the writing is terrible, it's just, it's, the little girl playing Cheryl is so bad. So it's, bad, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, in her defense, Jesus, what a script. The, I, the, the, the one glaring thing that bothers me so much about that movie is she has her cell phone on a cord around her neck. Oh, that's, that's bad. Who does that? Who has ever done that? in the history of anything who has done that no it's the fashion of the time no stop it it's stupid but but i will say it is uh, visually perfect and when pyramid head they're like running to get to the Mm -hmm. church and pyramid head grabs somebody skins them just by twisting and hurls the skin into the church door that is one of the greatest moments Ever. Yeah, I was still way on board when they were in the town and the first monster appears, yeah. and like, like it's just this weird blob, like stepping at them. I was like, all right, you guys get it, you get this. Yeah, all right, yeah. all right. Uh, I will say that I do appreciate that they had the, uh, they, they were able to end the movie on like a down note. You yeah. know, like it wasn't yeah. a happy yeah. ending. Just yeah. like yeah. for a no, video game movie, everything sucks. Yeah, yeah, everything sucks. Yeah. Uh, for a video game movie like that, like that doesn't happen. Like some brave. suit would go like, uh, no, they have to. Like Sean Bean shows up. I mean, he dies because we have to kill him. It's in his writer. <laughs> but the girl that gets away and everyone's fine. Nope, no. everyone's sad. What other, like, I'm trying to think, like, I, I feel like a lot of people bitch about video game movie adaptations and they really haven't seen that many. I like, have a list. You have a list? <laughs> I, I pulled up a list from yeah, uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, hit us with this. Have you guys ever seen Double Dragon? I'm just going to throw oh, that, that out there. Oh, that movie sucks on ice, dude. It is <laughs> fucking crazy. Like, the fact that it exists at Alyssa all. Alyssa Milano's isn't in it? it? The, wait, isn't it the guy from Party of Five? Is it's it the, guy from, the guy from Party of Five and the fucking T-1000. And the T-1000 is, like, wearing a suit that he stole from Cool World and nothing makes <laughs> it's sense. Like a version oh, my of God. A, it's cool like a version of L.A. where, like, global warming's, like, destroyed everything or something like like the future of 2012 and so okay yeah super mario brothers well Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah double dragon street fighter mortal kombat which actually you know mortal kombat's not bad bad. it's fine yeah Yeah. mortal kombat annihilation is awful it's i i couldn't like they killed johnny cage in the first five minutes of that movie i was like i can't watch this it's also i think i was sick so uh (laughs) Wing Commander. Oh, I you walked out of Wing Commander. I walked out it's of Wing Commander. I was done with it's, that. <laughs> I was I mean, done with Matthew Lillard's. Jace. I was going to say it's got it's got some Lillard in it, so that's kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, Lara Croft colon Tomb Raider. What is the date uh, on Tomb Raider? Was it two thousand one? Yeah, I yeah. thought so. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Lara Croft. Damn fine film. 
colon Tomb Raider hyphen the Cradle of Life. That's a garbage movie. Yes. That's the worst uh, John Voight has ever done. Uh, now we're going into some Juve Bull territory. We got oh. House House of the Dead. All right, who here has seen House of the Dead besides me? me. Anybody? I it haven't. Is fucking astonishing. Like <laughs> the fact, like now that I know it's a tax shelter, like ripoff scam. It makes more sense, but the fact that anybody agreed to participate in it at all is is shocking. Doesn't he like cut in scenes from the game? Yes, yes, as like yep. poorly. Sure does. <laughs> poorly. Yeah, poorly. It's Great. like it's like those Sega CD make my video. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's, it's exactly. Like Dave, it I swear to God, show up. It, and- it, <laughs> it halts. It halts an action scene in the middle, and then like a 240p grainy ass window appears, like in the middle, and you see like footage of the fucking Sega Saturn game. Uh, <laughs> I got a fu- to I got ghost. Falco I gotta watch. to ghost. Yeah. So bad. I gotta watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alone in the oh, that's right. They made an Alone in the Dark movie. You got that Ethan Hawke in that. Wasn't that Terry oh, no, Reid was Slater. a scientist? Yeah. Slater. Movie. Yep. Yeah, Christian Slater, Terry, Doom, 2005, Blood Rain, with uh, Meatloaf, uh, and right. Ben Kingsley was in that movie. I, all right, so uh-huh. this is this is what I'm gonna lay on you. This is my favorite factoid about the existence of the Blood Rain movie, is that Ben Kingsley got the offer, and apparently was like sitting in his den. And he was like, oh, a video game movie. And his kids were like, yeah, do a video game movie. Why? What's the worst <laughs> that can happen? We love video games. And he's like, okay. And just like agreed to it without reading it. <laughs> so he didn't like see the like boob Nazis thing. Right. What was waiting uh, in there? He didn't know. I will say like you see a lot of Uwe Boll's movies and they have, you know, like big name actors like in the name of the king with Jason Statham. Like, mm. and, but then I saw an interview with Christopher Plummer, there's a movie called Star uh, Star Crash. Uh, very young David Hasselhoff is in that movie, and Christopher Plummer's in that movie. They they riff on it in the first, uh, like the the first return of MST3K on Netflix. Mm. You can watch it; it's hilarious. Uh, but Christopher Plummer in it is in it, who is like you know, Sound of Music. Like that mm-hmm. guy has won awards, right? And then there's an interview uh, with him, and he's like. They're like, why were you in this like schlocky sci-fi movie? It's like they were filming in Italy. I'd shoot a porno in Italy. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Yeah, okay, that I is, get it. That is the Michael Caine yeah. Jaws three answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what did he say about Jaws three? Oh, so yeah, Hawaii, were- right? Bahamas. Bahamas, and he's like, oh, oh yeah. he's going. It was it was a month vacation. in the Bahamas, and uh, it bought him a boat. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Done. I'd do uh, that shit. Kidding me? Right? Without, without without a thought. Yeah. Uh, Silent Hill, Dead or Alive, D- DOA colon oh, Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive. I've never seen in full. It has some very funny scenes. Uh, uh, yeah. There is there is and like talk about a good adaptation. Um, God, now I can't remember her name. She plays Earl's wife on My Name Jamie. Is Earl. Jamie. Jamie Presley. Jamie Presley. Thank you. Jamie Presley is one of the Dead or Alive girls. And the movie I, I, it either opens with this scene or it's early, but she is in her hotel room. She has finished taking a shower and does not have a top on. And then like ninjas pop out and she throws her bra in the air and beats the shit out of the ninjas. And then before it lands, lifts her arms up 
and it like lands and perfectly clasps on her. And I'm like, I don't wow. know who made this DOA movie, but they get it. They yeah, yeah they, they got understand. it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, Postal, Resident Evil, Extinction, Hitman, In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale, Oy. Far Cry, Max Payne, uh, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun Li, Tekken, Prince of Persia. You know, they made a Tekken movie. Yeah, I don't hate Max Payne. Oh, Max it, Payne. It, Max Payne is a Max Payne movie. Like yeah. that's another yeah. one that's like a good adaptation. Yeah. Uh, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time with Jake Gyllenhaal. I can't watch it. Saw it in the theater. Awful. (laughs) (laughs) Woof. Um, Resident Evil Afterlife, Resident Evil Retribution, Silent Hill Revelation. uh, Oh, with Jon Snow. Oh, is it? I've never seen it. I've never Mm -hmm. seen that one. It's shockingly bad. Wow. (laughs) Need for Speed. Oh, I remember that. Uh, Hitman, Agent 47, Warcraft, Assassin's Creed. Oh my god, Warcraft. Yeah, Warcraft. Man, Duncan Jones, that dude's career has, like, tanked after Moon. Well, I thought the second one he did with Jake Gyllenhaal... Source code was fine. I thought I heard that was good. Source code's fine. Source code's fine. Uh, But Moon is just like, oh man, this is, like, perfect Mm sci-fi. And then, uh, anyway. Uh, Yeah, Assassin's Creed, uh, Resident Evil, the final chapter... Uh, Tomb Raider, Rampage, Pokemon, Detective Pikachu, and then we're getting into um, Sonic the Hedgehog, Monster Hunter. There's a oh, that's right, they're doing an untitled. There's a Minecraft film coming out. Yeah, that's right. All right, before anyway, we wrap it up, before we bring it on home, most of those me, are bad. Just off the top of your heads, video game and director that you would pair with it. Oh golly. Yeah, I got I got one out the gate. Susan, follow me. Just see it with me. See it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm talking fucking Jennifer Kent, Babadook, making a goddamn Enemy Zero movie. Boom. Oh, wow. Boom. Mm. Invisible aliens on a spaceship that you can only hear Jennifer Kent making people have nightmares. There it is. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm super into it. Uh... David Fincher, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. murdered soul suspect. Oh, oh, damn! Yeah, that would be better than the game. It really would. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be like I would just love to see that in live action for the effect of the detectives, uh, like ghost bullet, bullet holes. holes. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. that was a really cool game that just sucked. Yeah, it just like, really whiffed it at the it end. It was like. Halfway to being, it was like halfway there. I, Man, so they, like, got, they got Square Enix. <laughs> like, yeah, they did. Probably they straight up did. Yeah. Dave, you got one. Uh, George Miller and uh, Twisted Metal. Oh my god! <gasps> you fine cra- choice. You crazy person. That's amazing. That's so that's, good. That's that's incredible. I think yeah. he could do it. He's the only yeah. person that could make Sweet Tooth a like thing that I would tolerate yep. on screen. Yep. Yeah, that that's, you would actually go. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. really good. That's really yep. good. Uh, also really good. The people that uh, are responsible for making this show happen. Uh, we are a Patreon-funded show, and there are a selection of individuals who uh, all of this is their fault. And there are people that uh, at a $10 spend every single month, it is especially their fault, and they get called out for it on the show. <laughs> 
<laughs> they get dragged on the podcast. They get, they get dragged. They get dragged yeah. out. Uh, Dave, who who made this happen? Uh, we're gonna give special thanks here to Ryan Brady, Nick Rugen, Double Taco, Yaddle, Gluttony One of Seven, Ryan Mance, Adam Condra, Matthew Peters, Michael Coffey, Thierry Belair, Eric Van Quill, The Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, Elio Dare, Stormshot, Frank Sands, Kalen Houston, Axel Olsen Mangholt, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Daniel Squire, and Tom. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. Everyone's the best, even if you're listening and yeah. not giving us money. Yeah, if you yeah. if you dig this, <laughs> if you've dug this show, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash continue podcast, and even a dollar helps us convince our mutual spouses to allow us to do this <laughs> yeah, on a Friday night. Uh, it, it, it makes an enormous difference, but far more important than backing this with your dollars is sharing the show and just... Uh, Telling people that if you think that they would enjoy this, give it a listen. If you have not given us a review on Spotify or iTunes, it is immensely helpful if you do so. Uh, we don't even care if you tell us that we suck. A- any review on Spotify or I iTunes. Care. No, <laughs> I, I care. Don't do that. <laughs> no, don't. Don't. Don't actually do it. Uh, but it, it helps. The one the stars visit. for David and Anthony. It, yeah, you can just say, like, this one star is our fault. Uh, for anime bullshitting it up. And it, it just it really helps with the visibility of the show. You can follow us on Twitter. We have a Twitter handle that we fitfully use. Uh, it's at ContinuePod. You can go to our website. It's ContinuePodcast.com. Uh, as for me, you can find me on the internet at a John Agnello and daily at EscapistMagazine.com. Susan, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Susan Arndt, where I share pictures of my three adorable dogs that's, and that's talk thing. about horror movies a lot. A lot. A lot. Dave Roberts. You can find me on the ContinuePod Discord uh, because I'm taking a social media vacation. Yeah. And, I like uh, Yeah. In, an indeterminate amount of time. Guys, see how it goes. the Discord is... I'm not like trying to upsell you to the $5 tier of our Patreon, but the Discord is really fun. It's a nice place. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, everybody, we'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.